Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Behaloha. And um, in this Parasha, there's a verse, a very interesting verse, that really I feel like Hashem is talking to all of us to, this week because it says, and we're gonna come to understand what it means, it says, I have presented the Leveim to be given over to Aharon and his sons from among the children of Israel to perform the service of the children of Israel in the tent of meeting and to atone for the children of Israel. Thus, there will not be a plague amongst the children of Israel as there would be if the children of Israel were, were to draw near to the sanctuary. So what is all this thing with the Levim and the children of Israel? What is going on here? What does God want from the Levim? What does God want from the children of Israel? And I really believe that uh, this is, I don't know if it's a, a medicine we need to take all of us, the whole world, take in and, and take, it, take it into reality. But everything that's in the Torah is, uh, is not more, it's not less, and it's exact. And Hashem is always speaking to us uh, through the Torah, through other people, through events in the world. So in the book of, uh, of the parasha of Rabbi uh, Benjamin Eisenberger Schlitta, he comes to explain to us that God is, is saying that besides for the service, besides for the avodah that the Leveim had to fulfill in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, tabernacle and later on in the, in the Beit HaMikdash, he's also appointing the Leveim to a very special mission. And that mission is that they have to guard the tent to prevent Klal Israel, to prevent the children of Israel from coming near the area they are not allowed to enter. So the tent was a very holy place. This is the Holy of Holies in the times of the tabernacle was called the, the Ohel Moed. And this was a very, this, nobody could go in there. It was, nobody could go in there and they had to protect it so the children of Israel wouldn't enter into it and then sin and then they would have, um, they, would, they would be um, punished. Right? So why to protect them from, from uh, suffering? Why did they have to prevent the children of Israel from suffering the death that is the Lord of Israel who trespasses the, this holy place, this, this very holy place? And so Rashi says, <clears throat> he says that the name Klal Israel is said five times. It's mentioned five times in this pasuk, in this verse that I just read to you. And what does that mean? Hashem never put something more or something less. If he's mentioning the name of Israel, of the children of Israel, five times in this verse that I just read to you, there is a reason for it. So why are all these repetitions? And Rashi explains, he answers to us, he, that mentioning Klal Israel five times shows how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how much Hashem loves the children of Israel, how important they are for him. And so the five mentions correspond to the five volumes of, of the Humash, of the Book of Moses. So it means that for Hashem, the, the Jew is equivalent to the five books of Moshe, to the Torah. This is how important the Jew is. So the Maharal of Prague in Gurarie asks, why should this message of God, affection for Klal Israel, be inserted into this particular verse? In Parashat Behazloha, 
more than anywhere else? Why isn't it somewhere else in the Torah? And what about this Pasuk is so special, specially suited for comparing the, the children of Israel and their importance to the five books of Moses? So the, Mahara, the Maharal offers two answers. So the first, he says that God is appeasing the Leviim. He's making them a, a peace. And he's saying to them, consider yourselves fortunate. So don't look at this like, oh, I have this responsibility on me. I'm carrying now rocks on my shoulder. This is such a heavy thing. I have to make sure these people don't sin. This is ridiculous, right? And he says to them, don't look at yourselves that way. Look at yourselves as fortunate. Fortunate that you are so head, that you have the merit to serve and bring kapara, to bring an atonement to this um, nation of Israel. So that to the Leveim serving as, as shluchim, as, as uh, messengers, to bring atonement to Klal Israel. And so he says that the, the word kapara, uh, which means, um, which means uh, atonement, uh, when a person has to go through a certain suffering, it's customary to say it's a kapara, it's a kapara, it's like an atonement for something that you did and, and God sent you that loss, a financial loss or your dress ripped down or you lost your beautiful bracelet. He sends this kapara so he doesn't have to send um, a, a, a more severe punishment. So he says, he says here the Maharal, he says, that although the, the, the word kapara has negative implications, when he is, Hashem is giving this to the, to the Levim to serve in this way, God is telling them, don't perceive it that, that way, don't look at, at it like something negative. See how fortunate you are. You're fortunate that you have the, the merit to perform this service. So for me, this was like, wow, like really, wow. You know, this week we're going through all these issues with the, with the police and the security of this country. And they have a, a big responsibility. They really have a big job. They have a big job on their, on their shoulders. But if they would see their life as a, a merit to help other people be in the right track and not uh, veer off and, and end up doing worse things, then they would see their service as something very precious because they're really protecting people from themselves. They're protecting people to be the best they can be. And so granted it for a kapara, true it is for, it is for um, atonement, but you're doing klal Israel, you're, you're showing them their importance. You're showing them how important they are. They're so important that they are compared to the five books of Moses, to the, the entire Torah. So the Maharal says that the service to guard the Mishkan carefully, to guard the tabernacle carefully, and protect the, 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 the children of Israel is a service with tremendous responsibility. They had a humongous responsibility because if the, if the Jew would come near the tent, he would die. So he was protecting them for not, not dying, for, being, to, for keeping them alive. So it is not just a formality, a decorative uh, changing of the guard. It is a matter of life and death because illegally approaching the, the holy place is a, is a sin. It's considered a sin punishable by death. So if any person would come near this holy place, he would die. 
So the Levim, the, the responsibility of the Levim was to prevent the, Jew, the children of Israel from, from suffering the death sentence. This was what they were doing. So here the Maharal says, God uh, stresses the Kedusha, the holiness of every Jew. And in one Jew, if one Jew would die, says God, it would compare to burning the entire Torah. And so I'm thinking about what's going on today in our world. And really the Torah is talking to the Jew right now here. But in reality, Hashem is talking to everybody. This can be universal. And what it's telling us is that every, every life is precious. There's, there's no, no race, there's no color, there's no religion, there's no, if, if he's fat or skinny or beautiful or not beautiful, or, or if it's a person that has a very high IQ, or if it's a person, God forbid, with Down syndrome or autism. What he's saying here is everybody's precious. Everybody's precious. We all have divinity within. We all have a holy neshama. We all have something very, very holy with, inside of us. So we are part of God. So the Maharal quotes the Gemara and it says that a person who is present at the moment of, of a death of a, of a Jew is obligated to tear his clothes in mourning. So if you see that someone died, you have to rip your clothes just as a person must do if he witnesses the burning of a Sefer Torah. So ask Rashi on the Gemara, why is the moment of death of a Jew compared to the burning of a Sefer Torah? And he answers, because had he lived, he would have learned more Torah. The loss of potential Torah can be compared to the tragic loss of a Sefer Torah. And the Maharal says in his Gurarie, this is why God chose this particular place to reveal how pre precious every Jew is. The, the place was holy. Hashem made that statement that this place is holy and a person cannot enter it. And he has to put people to guard it. Not because the person can, it's bad for the person to go. It's to show you, it's to show the Jew how holy you are and how precious you are. That you have to be guarded to not do something that can harm you. So, every, so we here, see here that it's clear to the Levim the urgency of their responsibility to protect their fellow Jew. So when a person is in a job of taking care of people, it's a, it's a place of responsibility, be either a policeman, a doctor, a nurse, a, a teacher, someone that is taking care of people, a, 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 a mother that's taking care of her family, any person that is in a position of taking care of people should take this into heart. How precious that person you're taking care of is. And, and you're entrusted. You have been entrusted with this. So it's not like, oh, what a job. It's like, wow, what a merit. This person is so precious. I'm, I have to take care of them. So the Maharal is teaching a, a special principle on two levels. One level discusses the seriousness and how careful a person has to be in, this, uh, in giving honor to another person. Like we should never shame people, we should never dishonor them. We should never uh, humiliate a person. It's very, very bad. Uh, this week I was looking at this policeman crying, saying how humiliating everything is for them. How, how can it be that their whole, the government humiliates them in such a way? This is 
contraproductive. This is not the Torah. This is completely goes completely against Torah values. Yes, if a person did something wrong, he's responsible, he has to pay for whatever he did. But you cannot take a whole, uh, um, a whole department and, and make them pay all of them for something that one person did. If there's things that have to be uh, corrected, they have to be corrected. Yes, I'm all for that. But you cannot humiliate and shame people. So what it's saying here, that that the, the Leviim had such a, a, a merit to be able to take care of the of these Jews and that they knew that the lives of the of the whole children of Israel depended on them. And so in addition we know that the Kohanim eh, they were people that took action. They were people that went and did what they had to do. This is something also that we have to learn and integrate inside. Each one of us has to do something. We all are responsible for something. Either you're responsible for your children or your children are responsible for their grades or they're responsible for their little brother or everybody's responsible for something. And we have to take action in our responsibility. And we see that the Leviim and the Kohanim, they possessed a profound understanding of the seriousness of their service. And they were also diligent in their service. So they not only were careful with it, they also were diligent. They took action. They didn't miss the moment. And so we see here, because the truth is that even a very careful and understanding person who is truly merit meticulous in his, in his service will be motivated much differently than a person that doesn't have this, uh, this uh, information or this, um, this way of thinking ingrained in his mind. If he discerns and extend and, and in depth of his responsibility in life, that recognition will consider, considerably strengthen the performance of his service. So it's very important that people look within, look what they, they're building. If they have children, they're highly responsible for the lives of these children to bring them up in the best way possible. If we would feel responsible, we wouldn't be going like, you know, there would be no entitlement in the world. We would be responsible. Responsibility. You know, when they say this privilege, that privilege, that other privilege, privilege. What is that word, privilege? The, the Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda in his, in his work, the Hodot Halevavot, the duties of the heart, he says that a person, the more privileged he is, the more responsibility he has. That's what privilege really means. Privilege means that if you were born rich, in a good home, and you had the capacity to go to very good schools and get very good education, and you got the best of the best of the world, you are obliged to be the best of the best. There's no way out. So privilege really, we should change that word into responsibility. I remember many years ago, the Rebbe Lubavitch, he went and gave a talk to, to a, a, a big number of, of his uh, shluchim about the responsibility of money, of when a person is rich, his responsibility in the world. And he gave him the, 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 all the responsibilities a rich person has. And then he said to them, whoever wants to be rich, raise your hand, I'm gonna give you a braha, I'm gonna give you a blessing so you can be very rich. From the, I don't know how many were there, like let's say 500, only five people raised their hands because people didn't want their responsibility. Yes, you want money, you want money, you want money, everybody wants money. 
But when you understand the responsibility that comes with it, and that you have to, you know, you have to take care of a lot of people with that money and a lot of things, then not everybody is up to that. So only five of them raised their hands and they became very rich people. They knew very well what to do with their money. So we see here that, uh, that what we're saying here is that it's, we have to be very careful never to diminish honor on anybody that uh, what the Maharal says and Rashi, we learn from them, that we can expand and heighten that sensitivity by seeing every person as God sees them. We have to stop looking at people with our own eyes, with a judgmental eyes. We have to start looking at people like Hashem sees people. And for Hashem, every person is, is a treasure, is a diamond. So, so in this parasha, God, it teaches us that we have to progress in understanding the, 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 the strength of every person. This is our job in life, not only to strengthen ourselves, but to strengthen everybody you meet and to give honor to everybody you meet. You know, it can be anybody. It can be the person that's packing your, your, your groceries. And you can look at them and look at them in the eyes and say, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative of what you're doing now. I know it's very, a very hard job, especially in the times of a pandemic, but I want you to know I appreciate it. It's a very special job you're doing. You're helping all of us. And just by saying these nice words, this person is going to feel like a million bucks. He's going to feel that his life has meaning, that he's not invisible. So on the second level, the Maharal and Rashi teach us something very important about how to evaluate people. And we, t we tend to view people in terms of what they have al already accomplished. You know, this lady, she's an incredible woman. She's uh, incredible. You have to see how she cooks. You have to see how she cleans her home, how her kids are always well-dressed and clean. And there's so much love in her house and she has it all perfect. Wow, yeah, very nice. Or you have to see this, this guy, he's incredible. He's such a balsedaka. He gives so much, um, so much hesed, uh, uh, so much charity to every, every person he meets. Or you have to see this person, he's such a kind person. He's always helping everybody. Yeah, very nice to see people for what they do. But what the Maharal and Rashi are teaching us is that we should start looking at people for what they can become. I, once someone asked the Rebbe Lubavitch, he was already in his 80s, how he could stand all day and give blessings and dollars to hundreds and thousands of people on a Sunday. How, how could he do that? He says, because when I'm looking at people, I'm counting diamonds. He didn't see people, he saw diamonds. And he really saw into a person's potential. He knew what that person was capable of. He was always with a smile in his face. And so this is what Rashi and the Maharal are trying to convey to us, is that we should try to learn to look at people for what they can become and not for what they are. Yeah, once they accomplish, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. But it doesn't mean that a person that hasn't accomplished doesn't mean that he cannot come to accomplish. So we have to stop and think, do we know how much potential we are respons responsible to actualize? Not only look at people that way, look at yourself. How much potential do I really have? Am I living up to it? Do we know how much other people potential uh, we are responsible for thwarting? We, we have to help other people bring out the best of themselves. How much responsibility do we hold for the person whose potential remains dormant because we neglected to infuse them with encouraging words 
like you can do it or I believe in you. I feel you I feel I feel you can get places or because we de denigrated him and he lost faith in his own uh, abilities. Our job is not to put people down. Our job is to lift people up. And we have to rip our clothing over potential that has been lost. The Sefer Torah is burned, we also have to rip our clothes. But the difference is that the potential of the Torah has been accomplished. The Torah is done. It's there. But a person, his potential is still in the making. So, as a, as a saying says, the price of greatness is responsibility. But as good Ari and Rashi add, the price of responsibility is understanding the potential greatness of a person. This is where it is. The price of responsibility is understanding the potential greatness of a person. So this is a great lesson that we should take into our hearts and our minds, especially these weeks that have been so, so ridiculously scary and, and crazy that we should look at every person as a diamond. Every person is a diamond in the raw. He's there to bring out the best of themselves. And we, we should view ourselves in the same way. We're, we're polishing ourselves. And, um, and also, do we view ourselves only in terms of what we have already accomplished, or do we view ourselves in terms of what Hashem, with Hashem's help we will merit to accomplish according to the tremendous, infinite potential that we possess. So I want to wish all of you a blessed week, a Shabbat Shalom, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.